We want to turn to that song of which we just sung in Psalm 136 this morning, this blessed Thanksgiving day, the prospect of giving Thanksgiving together with family and friends, thankful here that we could gather together as a flock to give thanks to God. Here is a psalm notable for thanks, as we shall see. Let's read this together, Psalm 136. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. O give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. To to, the sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever, and brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever, and made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his mercy endures forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. A heritage to Israel, his servant for his mercy endures forever. Who remembered us in our lowly estate, for his mercy endures forever. And rescued us from our enemies, for his mercy endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. O give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. This psalm is outstanding, of course, for its being a psalm of thanks. The first three verses call the people of God to give thanks to the Lord, to the God of gods, to the Lord of lords. And implied in the rest of the 23 verses of this 26 psalms is the same call to give thanks. And so we could read at the head of... uh, of every verse, O give thanks to the Lord, and then verse 4, for example, O give thanks to the Lord, to him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. That's certainly implied we are to give thanks, and this whole psalm is full of the call to give thanks, and also full of the reason, as you may have noticed, that in every verse, all 26 of them, children, 
there is that refrain, for his mercy endures forever. Why do we give thanks to God? For his mercy endures forever. And this, in fact, is something that is, might have been sung and, and recited in the worship of the people of God so that the presenter or the Levite, whoever was leading in the singing or the instruction, would read the first part of the verse and then the people would respond, for his mercy endures forever. And so there, there would be this godly repetition of something so wonderful and so great. In fact, it was often sung in Israel, uh, the, the giving of the thanks to God was sung and recited and remembered, and for this reason that God's mercy is in, endures forever, at outstanding occasions not only, but regularly in the offering of the morning and the evening sacrifice. There were Levites appointed to give thanks to God, and that for his mercy endured forever. So when the people would go to the house of God, they'd remember this, to give thanks to God and the reason for his mercy endures forever. And we want to think about this, and we want ourselves to contemplate what it is to give thanks to God, and for this outstanding reason, for his mercy endures forever. I don't even have a theme for the sermon, really, except it's thanks to God for, for forever mercy, Maybe you could come up with another one, but this is certainly the theme of the psalm itself before there ever was a sermon on the psalm. We are mindful of the fact that right away we give thanks to God, and this is what we should remember in our day when there's a national day of thanksgiving, but always we give thanks to God. Described is God here what some think is a revelation of his Trinitarian existence. So we give thanks to the Lord, Jehovah, for he's good. And then we give thanks to the God of gods. And then we give thanks to the Lord of lords. These are three uh, uh, common names of God, Jehovah God, Elohim, and Adonai, which may very well refer, as I said, to God the Father, God the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, this God who is the God of Israel, the God of the universe. The outstanding thing to remember uh, at the onset of this psalm is that we give thanks to God for no other reason than that he is God, the God who's good. If you note this, we give thanks to God, we're called to, for this reason, he is good. And how little do people understand this? We give thanks to God, whoever he is, for the good things he gives, they say. But for his identity as this good God, people hardly know what to say about this and certainly are not giving thanks to God for his goodness in all their life and in all the things going on today. But we do, and we are called to. We give thanks to the triune God, who is good, for he is good. You give thanks to God for that, don't you? This is how we lead the way, men, in our homes. We give thanks to God and we lead our wives and children to that because he's good, and therefore it's simply good to give thanks to God. He is the good of all goods, the source of all good, the provider of all good, 
the preserver of all good, the rewarder of all good, as, as some have elaborated upon. It's true, for he is good. Not just the things he gives and this world that he's made, it is good, they are good. But he is good, is fount of every good thing, every wholesome thing. He's not evil, nor the author of evil. He is the provider of every good and perfect gift, but before that, he is good in himself. The one who needs nothing to be good or to be enhanced in his goodness, he's the good God. Oh, what a wonderful perfection of of this God is revealed in the scriptures and in the creation, and we know this in our hearts, don't we? It's not uh, surprising, therefore, that when a man came to Jesus and was looking at Jesus and called him good master. Jesus said, hold it a minute. Don't call me good. There's only one good, and that's God in heaven. Of course, Jesus is God in heaven as he's on earth, and he's good. But he would point this man, and we are pointed by God today to the God above, who is Lord, who is God of gods, who is the Lord of Lords, who is the maker, redeemer, and friend of his people. In fact, God himself is brought out in all of his honor as the God of heaven in the very last verse of our psalm, the God of heaven, the God above, the God to whom we bend the knee and say, thank you, Lord, for you are God and you are good. And it is good, therefore, to give thanks to this God. We are those who are called as Americans to give thanks. And I think this has been around for a long time, almost since the beginning of our nation, when there were Christians who would actually give uh, call nations and, and there were state officials who would call their states to give thanks. And there's been a day, I think the fourth uh, Thursday of every November that's set aside by one no less than Abraham Lincoln in 1863, read up about that. It's uh, peculiar, though, the thanks to which he led the nation at that time in the middle of the Civil War. Abraham Lincoln, for all I know, was not a Christian. For all most people know, was not a Christian. And there's always a key that a person really isn't a Christian if you don't know that he's a Christian. If a man in a public office doesn't publicly display the glories of God in Christ and his faith in Christ, he, uh, you can be sure that he's embarrassed about this God who was revealed in Jesus. We don't know if Abraham Lincoln was ever really a member of a church either. Certainly, uh, this is evident when he set aside for the nation and the nation to come in its years this day of thanksgiving. No mention of Christ mentioned of mercies as in our text, but we therefore want to be turned from Abraham Lincoln praise and any kind of superficial American praise to biblical Christian, truly thankful to God praise. And so the first thing, of course, is that he's good, of course. But then this other thing that keeps on coming to us in this text, we are thankful to God for his mercy that endures forever. Now, unfortunately, the translation 
uh, with the word endure is, is it kind of leads us off a path, uh, to a path that we shouldn't go because the phrase, his mercy endures forever, is more than just the fact that mercy lasts or outlasts all the bad stuff. It endures, hangs on, does mercy. Really, we could translate it simply, his mercy is, is forever. It's everlasting. That points us back to the God who is God forever, had no beginning, and he's good forever. But here in, in his mercy, there is this celebration of this God. Mercy in his deeds, too, as the psalmist points out as we go through the psalm, and we read in the psalm, and as we will presently go through. Well, beloved, I want to be centered here today, as we're always centered every day that we worship, on the Christ of the mercies. That's what we need to remember. If we're going to give thanks properly to the God who's good and to the God whose mercy is forever, it's got to be about Jesus, and God wants it to be that way. He would show off the glories of, of himself in his Son and in his mercies in his Son in Jesus. You think, for example, in the first place, that the mercies that are forever are really forever before the world was when we were chosen in Jesus Christ. And you say, well, here's that reformed guy again getting an election in every sermon. Well, be thankful for that, beloved. Because before you were and before you received the Lord into your heart and so on, there was God who was showing mercy you and to me, and this was in his eternal plan. We call it election of grace, election of love before the foundation of the world. But you see, when we go back there into before anything and before turkeys and pilgrims and Americans and Indians and whoever... We are going back there to God, to the fount of mercy, and this is a great place to be. What a refreshing, sweet fount of mercy. For we're chosen in Christ, in the Son, and the Son himself is chosen to be the Lamb of God, as Revelation says, he's slain from the foundation of the world. So back into and beyond the, the beginning of the world, there is this son who's thought of and these people who are, who are going to be mercied by God in time and when they fall and though they fall because of this appointment. There's an appointment. There's an appointment for Thanksgiving Day already in the eternal mind of God. How glorious. And then we're led to this God, of course, by the psalm, because really the goodness and the mercy that comes from the goodness of God, that's how they're related, is something that's celebrated here by the God who does something in this earth. To him who alone does great wonders, we are led in verse 4. 
To God is given thanks, the Lord Jehovah, the God of gods, the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. And we know this in his doing great wonders. And that, again, points us to Jesus. Chosen before the foundation of the world to be this savior of mercies. And he's the wonder, isn't he? Whenever there's wonders in the Bible, it's all about Jesus, whose name is wonderful. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. He's the wonderful God. And what a wonder he is. God with us. God who would be born, taking on the human flesh, becoming a man. He who is and never becomes or changes or, or decreases nevertheless takes on something that he never had before, human nature, to show mercy in the flesh. And so you have this God whose doing is about to be celebrated in the psalm, but who has given thanks in this general introduction to the Psalm 136 as the triune God who is good, and who shows his goodness and his perfection, especially in this mercy that is forever with his goodness, with his godness, with the Son who would be Jesus, with his pity, that's what mercy is, to the helpless. And now the psalmist says, here's how he shows it. To him who alone does great wonders, and here's how he shows it. And once again, even as we understand the wonderful revelation here of creation, it's all about the mercies of God in Jesus. Because look, we're to give thanks to this God, this God of gods, this Lord of lords, and for his mercies, and to him who by wisdom made the heavens, we're led to Jesus right there. For Jesus is the wisdom of God. That's what the book of Colossians, I believe, says of Jesus. He's made unto us wisdom because he's the wisdom of God. And you go back to the Proverbs chapter 8. He's wisdom. who was with God before all the worlds began. And by him, he was planning with the Father in the communion of the Holy Spirit very wisely so there would be a determined end and everything then to meet that end in time that's why God made the worlds a wisdom for Christ, for mercies. That's why we're thankful today and every day. No mere theory, no mere vague Godhead who's got to be good, and maybe we hope he's good and giving us good things, but this God, Israel's God, the church's God, your God, my God in Jesus, it thanks to him. For his good, his mercy endures forever, is forever, and who does in this earth great wonders to prove it. And that his mercy is forever. The very making of the universe here is focused on the earth. In his laying out the heavens is making the heavens, laying out the earth above the waters, verse 6, making great lights to rule the, the sun to rule the day, the moon and stars to rule the night. And that was amazing, wasn't it? 
God in Genesis 1 tells us just how he did that. Not just that he did that, but how he did that. And here, by the way, is refutation of evolution all by itself. Seamlessly does the inspired writer here speak of God's creation and then his redemption. It's historical. It's real. And God is good and really does these wondrous things. But creation itself is called a wonder. You know why it is, beloved? It's not simply because that sun is really something. And that earth is really something. And they are. We should think about that and be thankful. You realize that if we were any closer to the sun as, as an earth, just a few million miles closer, I suppose they say, we'd burn up. But if we were ever any further away, we would, we would die of cold. If the earth was much bigger than it is or much smaller, we couldn't live either. So God made the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth under them all and in their midst in just a certain way, at a certain distance, certain size, certain connection, an intergalactic connection, a gravitational connection, whatever it is, for life. But especially that the Son of God might come into it. That's why wisdom is necessary to make the world because God has determined his son's going to come into it. There'll be creation, there'll be great lights, there'll be the sun and the moon and the stars that have been there for the perplexity of many throughout this history of the world. But the creation, especially because by wisdom it is made, is made as a stage for Jesus to come onto it. For Jesus. And so Adam and Eve are made and the, the garden is made and all those little creatures on the earth and the great lights of the heavens in themselves to make way for Jesus. And so there's a fall somehow in there, though God is good. And there's a devil and there's a snake and there's this deceit and there's this lie in the beginning of it all. But by wisdom, God did that. God was over that. He's God. He's God of gods. He's Lord of lords. Then there's the celebration of redemption here. One aspect, verses 10 through most of the rest of the chapter, Israel's existence as a people of God. Not only the creation was a an act of the mercy of God in bringing Jesus or going to bring Jesus into it, but there's especially this redemption. And there you note that God should be thanked because he struck Egypt in their firstborn. And then there's the celebration of the mercy that's forever. Now that's striking, isn't it? It wasn't very merciful of God, was it? to strike Egypt in the firstborn and to kill Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, was it? Well, the Bible says it was. Not to them, of course. For God will show mercy to whom he will show mercy. And it's not Pharaoh, Romans 9 says. But there's mercy in it. There's mercy that's holy and just and judge the judgment of God in God striking down Pharaoh for the salvation of his people. There you have it. It was a mercy because God, by that destruction of Pharaoh and his host in Egypt, 
brought Israel out from among them, for his mercy was forever. His mercy was there when they were in chains, keeping them, causing them to cry out. And, and now he, he leads them out. And, and then so the, the, the text here rehearses their deliverance in the Red Sea, the parting of it in two, and much could be said about that. And then and they're being led through the wilderness and God providing for them. And then at the end, there's this mercy that's shown in the overthrow of Og and, and Sihon, these kings that stood at the gateway of heaven, heaven as it were, of Canaan. God destroyed them and showed a mercy in leading then Israel into Canaan, giving them as a heritage, that as a heritage, and destroying the Canaanites. Beloved, this has to be seen and by us understood and enjoyed if this psalm is going to be ours to sing today and always. As in Christ, in the everlasting mercies of God that were shown there in that picture. The deliverance of that people from Egypt, from, through the wilderness, through, to Canaan, yes, and then into it, and while in it, that's what God does for us. In Jesus, by wisdom, he made the worlds and in a type, he delivered this people. He formed them for himself. And this is all about Jesus and his cross. Don't you understand it? Don't we understand it? Believe it. God is good. And his mercy in Jesus is in the salvation of a people in the fullness of time, really. Not by the blood of bulls and goats, not by any earthly man, but by heaven's man, by the Son of God, by this one whose, whose back is broken, as it were, though none of his bones are broken. He's, he dies what death is. He dies forsaken of God for our sake. This is the center. Not at all about the pardon of turkeys, but the pardon of sinners. Who are like turkeys through the blood of Jesus. Amazing. And how the Bible, in all of its richness and by the Spirit led as it is, the Spirit of Christ teaches us of Jesus. One other thing here. And then we lead to this uh, last and practical point. Verse 25 <clears throat> is. A verse that seems to be out of place is after the remembrance of God in Israel and caring for Israel, their lowly state there. He is led, is the psalmist, to say that we should give thanks to God who gives food to all flesh. There is this expansion beyond the, the mercies of God show, shown to Israel to all flesh and mercies are there, God is showing in his feeding this whole world and providing for this whole world. But I believe, beloved, we're led back here, and commentators are, are in the majority about this, to Genesis 9. And Genesis 9 is that covenant that God made with the world at the time of the flood and after it. Noah offered sacrifices on the altar so as the covenant God renewing the face of the earth for the new Adam, as it were, Noah and his family. 
And at that time, reminding the people that there would be this earth that would exist, seed time and harvest, we would bring in the crops in 2022 until the very end of time. And at that time, God said no less than three times that his mercies would be over all flesh, from zebras to little amoebas, children, little cells and so on. To all living flesh, God would have mercy on them. Reference this is to the fact that God loves the world and shows mercy upon the world and there will be a new world, a new heavens and earth in, in, the, in the new creation. But I believe also, beloved, there's a reference here to this fact. We as the people of God, mercied in Jesus Christ, are now those for whom all flesh is given. There's mercies upon all flesh in everywhere we go, in every occupation, every season of life, every bit of this world that we can visit. There's mercies on all flesh for our sake. It's similar to Romans 8 and verse 28, and all things we're told they're working together for our good to those who love God, who are in the fellowship of the love and mercy of God in Jesus Christ. And what Paul would say later on in that chapter 8 is the reason why nothing can be against us. Because in all this planet, it's a place of saving the people of God. And though the devil and his minions want us not to be saved, but to be kept from being saved and being kept saved, God is working all things and showing mercies to all flesh and in all fleshly situations for our good. When the diseases come, when the mercies seem to be run out, and we, hopeless, God shows mercy. There is mercy, everlasting mercy. This leads to our final point, and I want us truly, beloved, to come away here and hear a call. The beginning of the psalm, we're called explicitly to give thanks three times to Jehovah God, to God of gods, and to the Lord of lords. And implied in every verse is that call, give thanks. Once again, at the end of the psalm, verse 26, O oh, give thanks to the God of heaven. And for this reason, that his mercy endures forever. But now, <clears throat> maybe some of us hearing this have said, well, Reverend Dick has just set forth reasons why there should be thanks in the earth and he's expounded the truth of creation itself and it's about God showing mercies in Jesus. And then there's this, this people, this typical people, Israel, and they were mercied like no other nation and then there's the fact that because of Jesus, all flesh is, is shown mercy. There's mercies everywhere. And... But what about my life? What about the calling to me? Seems like this is a veritable history book or maybe a history of redemption book. But where's the call 
to me. Where are the references to mercies shown to me? Shown to creation, in creation, to Israel, to all flesh. Israel back then and there. Church, we know theoretically and from catechism. What about to me? Look at verse 23 and 24. I believe there the psalm takes a turn from an exposition of mercy in general and God's goodness in general, and there's a call in general to a personal thing. Because here, as not before, the psalmist speaks of God remembering us. Give thanks to God who remembered us in our lowly state, for his mercy endures forever, and rescued us from our enemies, for his mercy is forever. That, beloved, is the beginning of the thankful people if they would know the truth of God personally. There's a call to each of us right today to be thankful. And so important for that is that we remember we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful because we are in need of mercy. You see, one of the things that the world doesn't get about Thanksgiving is that it's all about God showing mercy, pity to needy people, and not just blessing people who are rather self-sufficient and resourceful and good at cultivating the land. And we're thankful for that, that there are people who are good at cultivating the land and raising the cows and so on. And we don't complain about that as part of global warming or so on. We're thankful. But we need to remember it's not about our resources then. It's not about God may be adding something to us with the help of a lot of other people and, and we God himself depending on. No, mercy is the 26-gun salute to God in this psalm. For mercies, he sounds off the praise and utters the call to thanks to God. And... This starts one by one. Where is there a reformation? Where is there a reformation of a people that would be thankful? It starts one by one. Maybe in your heart anew, and maybe in mine anew, or newly minted today. All about it is contemplating how great God is and also how lowly you are. See, this is what worldlings don't want. They want to avoid. God is great. Okay, he's, he's great. Yeah, he's great to give me good things, great meal and so on. We have it so much better than most people, and we do. And you need it is the other thing we need to know. You need mercy or you're nothing. 
and you have nothing. He remembered us in our sin. He pardoned us according to mercies that were forever in Christ. The whole world was made for us. The whole world is given to us. The gospel is preached to us. And we don't deserve it. But we need it. And you need it and I need it. And that's not just for forever. You can maybe be pious about, well, mercy's forever. It's never taken away. But it's for every day of forever. That's how forever is counted, day by day, at least in this earth. In heaven, we're told there'll be no more time there. I, I believe that, of course. It's in the Bible. But there's got to be a certain creatureliness about the place or we couldn't exist there. And time as we know it here is how, how we exist from moment to moment. But be that as it may, we need to know in time that mercy that is forever mercy is tick, 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 tick. Meal, health, sickness, disease, grave. That's what we need to know. Today, good day. Tomorrow, not so good. But mercy is there. Mercies. That's why Thanksgiving for us is, is every day. Remember that. And maybe read this psalm. And have the children. And all of you say the refrain. Or half of you say the refrain. For his mercy endures forever. So you get it. And 26 times is not too much. I need to hear that all the time. You? It's the word of God. It's a wonderful word, isn't it? There are wonderful mercies, aren't there? Celebrate the mercies. Be thankful. Amen. We pray, Father, that you would bless us and help us to make... Make a calling at election sure today, adding faith to virtue and, or adding to, to faith virtue and one of those being thankful hearts. Oh God, give us thankful hearts. Give us joy, comes from the thanks. Give us a resolution of purpose to be a thankful, fruit-bearing purpose, uh, people for the praise of God. Oh, may we Understand your forever mercies in Jesus. Lord, dismiss us with your favor, but may we go to you as we go from this place, and may we go forth praising and be bold and call others to give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Amen.